We are the Knights of Awakening. Hello, good morning and evening. We are the Knights of Awakening, broadcasting live from our corners of the University Yours. We are your host Knights David and Justin, reaching out to all of you, our brothers and sisters, wherever you may call home. Since the last show, I've gotten requests. Uh, people felt like, um, w- one listener uh, felt like the show just dropped in the middle. They're like, what happened? Did you guys just cut it off halfway through and ditched the second half, and I'm like, good catch, you know, um, I was working at the time, and, you know, I had to, I had to leave, um, we, we, we probably would have continued on if nobody had stopped us, um, and another person suggested they, they really wanted to hear how to specifically stop, uh, debilitating, um, strains of thought, how to, how to get out of a, some kind of toxic perception that you, you managed to, work yourself into and uh you're really good at throwing out the trash so i was gonna see if you could handle that one yeah i'll I'll get us started on it it's funny because i was actually just posting about that today it was in regards to somebody who had asked me a question probably two or three years ago it was something to the effect of people who who have not been living the quote-unquote nightly values their whole life how do they start to turn turn their lives around and kind of break into that right and basically the first thing i the first thing i said to her was well you're under the assumption that all of us who quote unquote follow this nightly path are perfect i've never met somebody on along this path who hasn't struggled horribly sometimes i myself I myself was a very, very, very bad, bad dude back in the day. And this was long before I ever, you know, found this path or whatever. But very much in line with your, your past experiences too, as we've, as we've talked about over the past 10 years together, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We don't start out. <laughs> we don't start out just, you know, hmm, like King Arthur and stuff or, you know, the, the most virtuous uh, thing on the land. I was a really, really different person. I was manipulative. I was dark and dark in the sense of, I don't want to say I was evil, but I was dark in the sense of I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care how I hurt them as long as I got mine. I would hurt, I, w- I would purposely hurt people to get what I wanted. Uh, again, like I said, I was manipulative. I was very badly manipulative. I, I kind of had this twisted sense of, entitlement because I had really, really rough childhood. I didn't come into my, to my own physically. Uh, and so in other words, I was kind of a small dude for a while until I hit like, like freshman year or something, freshman or sophomore year, I kind of sprouted up and that's when I hit my growth spurt. So then I was strong. All of a sudden I was stronger. All of a sudden I was bigger and I thought it was time to punish everybody on earth for what a few people did to me in my life. 
you know. Uh, it was dangerous because at a very, very young age, I was very self-aware. I was already ahead of the game in many, many ways. So, so I go from this extreme, and I join the Army, and I start learning about honor and dignity and self-respect. And so I started learning about these things. I started self-studying religions and philosophies and paths that were more light-oriented. I pushed myself to start learning about codes and, and honor beyond, you know, the army, like learning, reading stories about, you know, old knights. And that was still, you know, I was still kind of in a holding pattern. I wasn't, I wasn't actively choosing or engaging in people, wasn't treating them like crap anymore. But I wasn't, I wasn't being good to them either. I wasn't, I wasn't what you would call virtuous. I, in a lot of ways, I'm probably not super virtuous now either. But, I mean, I guess it depends on what you think of virtues. That's why we call them agreements at the KOA, and we don't call them virtues, because it's something you have to agree to every kind of, like, every day. If you, if you want to be this way, you have to agree to do it. It has to be an active choice. You have to do it on purpose. You're just not going to be, quote, unquote, virtuous. So, uh, for me, it started with personal accountability. Like, I had to face myself in the mirror. I had to, I had to go 10 rounds of myself and reopen a lot of ugly old wounds and clean them properly, you know, face up to it, take my licking. I had to call people, dude, I had to call people and apologize to them. And then, you know, they're screaming at me the whole time. And I'm, just, I'm a, I'm a this and I'm a that. And I'm a, and the whole time I got it, I got to just swallow it. I got to take it because this was, this is what I had to do personally to, to start moving towards that betterment for myself. I, I ate, I ate a lot of crow, man. <laughs> I, to this day, there's still people on my list that I'm still um, on the lookout for. And if I ever get a chance to see them, you know, it's not about begging for people's forgiveness. It's not about – it was just about taking responsibility for what I did and letting the cards lie where they – you know, let, letting things lie where they do after that. Um, you know, this isn't a, a, a pass or fail thing. I'm not, I wasn't, you know, automatically absolved of my sins or whatever – but I certainly took responsibility for them, and I moved on. It was accepting what, what it was, accepting my role in it, offering my most sincerest, heartfelt apology, and then moving on. You know, before that, before I took any responsibility for it, I couldn't move on. It wasn't something that I could do. In the back of my mind, I was still holding on to whatever that was. So that's when I started moving in that, that more positive direction, where I started to, to – uh, changed my perspective uh, where I wasn't just in this, in this uh, crap sandwich all the time uh, because, I, because once you start realizing the roles you play, then you can start having more conscious control over your life and over things that you do because you realize that either you make choice A or you make choice B or you make choice C or you don't make a choice and you still go for a ride. So it's better to kind of determine uh, where you're going to go the best you can. Talking with you over the last couple of years, last 10 years, uh, you shared a story that was similar too. Uh, you weren't always this, this shining example of, a, of virtue and <laughs> righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's accused me of that in years. <laughs> I understand you well enough to know 
uh, your your thought train and how what what you just said satisfied the question. But um, I, I'm still feeling a little. I, as a listener, okay. um, don't know you from Ricky Bobby's Hat Band, and all right. I know is that right now I'm feeling something toxic in my system. I got this thing okay. that you know these things that I've been doing, and you know whether it's you know uh, following some religion or or reading the headlines, or reading the stories, and getting all wrapped up into politics, you name it. But there's this, or, you know, political correctness, the way, um, you know, people are so thoughtless and, and all this. Um, or I could be some kind of giant intellectual that sees myself as some super genius, and, and I'm just mad at the world because everybody's so stupid and they just need to open their eyes or whatever. Whatever kind mm-hmm. of toxic ideas you're dealing with there. And, and I see that this is not making me happy. But the question is, how do I stop? How do I make it stop? How do I make it go away? Right? Right. So we have come to the realization that something's not working. But we're still kind of on the fence, whether it's us, them, God, devil, gods, goddesses, whatever. We're We're still on the fence about whose fault it is. Right? So it's always there, isn't it? It's always somebody's fault, right? Yeah. Eventually, you get to a point where you realize it doesn't have to be somebody's fault. That part is not even important in the equation. But what's what's actually important is you're being affected negatively by something. Well, the first thing we have to try to figure out is what is that. So it was a little good exercise that you taught years ago, and it was to pick pick one thing that consciously that comes to mind that irritates you and causes you grief or causes you anger or causes, causes some kind of reaction, emotional reaction. You focus on those one or two things throughout your day. And when they come up, you stop and you analyze that trigger or whatever it is that's causing you problems, right? And you see... You, you take a note. How do I feel? Why is this pissing me off? Or why does this make me sad? Or why is it? When you focus in on it, it starts to become something that you can manage. A lot of this deals with awareness. If you're not aware, you can't fix things when, when you're not aware of the problem. If something is bothering you and you can consciously pick out what it is, then you need to focus on that and work on it. So, for example, uh, People who chew, chew their food loudly. Does that bother you, David? People who chew their food really loudly. No, it don't bother me. But um, people that can't figure out what lane they need to be in does. People who can't figure out what lane they need to be in. They're going back yeah. and forth, back and forth, because they're trying to save themselves two seconds of their life, right? Or they'll just ride and the all, or They'll pick both. What about that irritates you? They are a motoring hazard. They're creating unsafe okay. conditions for everybody that's around them. And okay. it's even worse when they got kids in their own car. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of what kind of emotional reaction does that elicit out of you? Oh, uh, I wanna force choke them. <laughs> Causing them to crash and creating more mayhem than them just weaving in and out of lanes. <laughs> oh, the chambers of the heart aren't rational, are they? No, they are not. They are not. However, However, there, there are some things that irritate us that we can, can use correctly. This person's a hazard. 
it causes us to be irritated. It causes us to be upset to one degree or the other. Well, that's still okay because what they're doing is not acceptable. They're, they could cause somebody to get hurt. They cause you to get hurt. The rest of everybody around them has to try to read their mind and see what they're going to do. The rest of everybody is trying to speed around them so that they can just get away from them because they're acting irrationally. They're driving erratic. We can't control what that person is doing, but we can control how we internalize it. I guess the first step to changing this perspective is simply to be aware of the fact that, number one, you can't control almost anything that happens outside of yourself in the grand scheme of things. You cannot control how people act. You cannot control how people talk. You cannot control what people do and say. You can to a small degree, but for the most part, we have absolutely no control over another sentient being. So Is that a fair statement? Respective? If they're all, you know, if if they're not being respective and they're saying hurtful things that offend me, you know, is is their is their actions, as my emotions, are they responsible for my emotions though, because they caused that intentionally in me? Well, who gave them control over you? Yeah, exactly. So 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 once we realize that we can virtually control nothing outside of ourselves. Uh, other than our own, our, our own reactions and our own um, actions and things like that. But for, for anything around us, sentient or otherwise, we really can't control almost all of that, like I said, within reason. Mm-hmm. So now we have to use a little bit of logic and some critical thinking to say, well, okay, if I can't control what they're doing, then what the hell do I do now? Do I just give up? No. We realize that we can't control that. Okay, that's step one. Step two is to realize... If I can't control them, can they control me? Well, no, because they are still they're bound by the same laws that govern you, natural or otherwise. So if, if, you, if you can't control them, then they can't control you unless you allow them to. So you can control what happens inside yourself. However, we have to understand that, that these anxieties and triggers and these things are controlled by us still subconsciously, and it's just unresolved things. These are unresolved problems that we have. For example, I know people that if they hear somebody screaming across the room, they go into panic mode. Like, you know what I mean? They, like, lose it. They start uh, having trouble breathing. Their heart starts racing, and, you know, that's not something they can control easily. Something that happened to them in the past causing them to be triggered by this person shouting. Uh, Perhaps they were abused. Perhaps they were you know, people shouted at them, their, their parents or grandparents or, or whatever, shouted at them and then they never kind of got over it. Well, just because you don't have immediate control over that trigger doesn't mean you can't start working towards that and working to have control over that. So the first thing you have to understand is that you do have control. You can gain control. Uh, and for some issues that we have, and we all have issues. We've all had issues. I've worked through a bunch of issues in my lifetime too. And, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but... All I can do is share with you how I work through them. It really starts with with that awareness that these are the things you can control and these are the things that you can't. Anything that that happens from you or anything that happens within you, you may not always have immediate control over it, but you can work on that and you can start building control over it. But that starts with being aware of what the problems are. You know, this is not not just a one-and-done situation. It's not a one-and-done thing. You have to continue to take these inventories, these internal inventories. And for some people, meditation, they do it through meditation. Some people do it through 
their journals. Some people do it through talking. Some, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. The only, the only right or wrong here is that whatever works for you is right, and whatever doesn't work for you is wrong. But that's something that's completely up to each individual. To wrap up what you said, I mean, that's, I mean you make a really good point. Like, take, take an example of, you know, the low-hanging fruit. Just you're exhausting your avenues of, of seeing what you can do with your own mind. So you take one example of, of the problem and applying mindfulness to it, thinking about mm-hmm. the situation, what, what about this is it? So with that mindfulness, that's automatically going to start generating options for you to follow to where you can navigate the problem, and it's no longer a problem. And by doing that, you get this overarching sensation. After you've, after you've worked through a couple of smaller things that – there was never any problems to begin with. It's just you couldn't or you, or you wasn't handling them correctly as you were encountering them, which caused uh, caused the frustration because you're, you're burnt out. You know, um, yes. not too many mm-hmm. people are going to bang their nose on a door repeatedly, you know, and be happy about it. Um, so once you actively reach out and grab the doorknob and open the door, and you see that doors open, and you can walk through them once they are open. Um, then, then doors are no longer a, an issue, you know. And you start applying that same concept to everything in your life, and and you realize, you know, that it's doable. Everything is doable. You just have to think your way through it. You just have to be aware. Yes, it's not that you were doing things wrong or right or other. It wasn't that. It wasn't that you didn't. You know, you were struggling to to correct your problems, you just weren't aware. I'll go back to this a thousand times. Awareness is always an important piece of it. What about the unsolvable problem, though? What about the, the equation that has no answer simply because you've, you've built a question that can't be answered? Right? There is an answer. I, I, want, I want this A There's, variable this, I want this B variable this, and I want this C variable this, and they must add up to this exact D variable and it doesn't, and it's not going to because um, right. you're insisting on all these other things being in place exactly like they are, and it doesn't add up that way, right? There's always an answer. Either A, it is within your control, or B, it's not within your control. And there's like this whole little flow chart, right? If it's within your control, then go to step two. If it's not within your control, stop giving it energy. Stop giving it awareness. Understand that it's there acknowledge its existence, and send it on its way. And then you turn to the things that you can control. What if I like to make bricks, you know, out of um, the I can't material, and I like to stack them up around me? And you say, is it in your control? And I'm saying, no, it's not in my control. I can't do that, when actually it is. I'm just not allowing myself to see that. Yeah. See what I mean? Well, you right. Wait, well, okay. So, so then, then you need to determine whether it's, if it's coming from you, you always have control. So at some degree, at some point, you, you either have control now or you can gain control, right? Mm-hmm. If, it's, right. if it's not from within you, then ignore it or acknowledge it. But don't give it the same kind of attention and awareness that you're going to give the stuff that you can control or that you will be able to control at some point. You know, these things, right. didn't, these things didn't, didn't just occur overnight. 
we build these things up in ourselves over a lifetime sometimes. I talk to people in their 60s who haven't figured it out. And that's not, it's not because they're bad or it's not because they're dumb or it's not because, it's because nobody stopped to, to tell them, hey, well, maybe this isn't your problem, you know? Maybe this is somebody else's problem. Maybe this is something that it's not, you're never going to be able to, to address this because it doesn't come from you. Awareness doesn't come easy. and It doesn't come cheap sometimes. And we don't always run into people who can help us see. You know, this is something that I've always said about the greatest masters and the greatest teachers, the greatest leaders. They don't drag us down a path they've walked. They take us to a path and then we walk it. They guide us. They tell us, you know, here's where the fork in the road is or here's where there's water or here's where there, you know, whatever. But they don't walk us down the path. They show us a path. They grant us that awareness, so they teach us how to open up and see what we couldn't see before. Before I ever started down this path, it was amazing to me. Once I opened my eyes and once I was made aware of the things that I thought were impossible, I was amazed. To this day, I'm still amazed of the things that are all around me that, no, that some of the people don't see. And it's blow, it blows my mind. So getting back to, to these, this stuff grows over time, but getting back to what you said, you know, once, and the reason I say attack this low-hanging fruit, the things that are easy to see, observable, because that's where you start to build your awareness, okay? And then once you solve a couple of those, as you said, that starts to snowball too. And then you start gaining confidence, and then your awareness level starts rising. And then you get to a point where you're neither perfect nor you're but, – but, but you're not burdened anymore. And then you can start seeing much deeper, and you can start seeing – understand that these all have the same root. They are all the same root cause for the majority of them, almost all of them. And that root cause is that you were taught or that you grew up believing that you had to give away your power to other people, that you had to allow people to tell you how to feel. You had to allow people – to teach you how to think. That is always, it has always been up to you. And if this is the first time you're hearing it, high five, because I was lucky enough to be made aware of this much earlier in my life. But like I said, I've met people who are much older than me who are just now waking up to this. Um, but it's never too late. And it's never too early. I was going to say sometimes a cigar is a cigar. Some people actually sometimes need a force choked. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yeah. There is, there is an Ashla axiom that I love so much. It's one of my favorites. And it goes something like this. No one is beyond redemption. And in a lot of ways that's true, but sometimes that's, that redemption is to be had in the afterlife. So <laughs> sometimes people do need to be force choked, I guess. <laughs> Luckily for me, I don't have to be the judge, jury, and executioner of any of that. That's why when I was talking about the values and virtues, the reason I brought that, that part up was because this person was looking at us, us as a collective, people on this path, as if we were this shining example of virtue and all this stuff. And it's like uh, you need to understand where we came from because we, we came from a place of not knowing either. We came from a place of, of bad times. 
And even to this day, none of us are virtuous. We, we get up every morning, and we agree to be this way. It's not something you just not, – it's not one and done. Some days I have courage, and some days I don't. Some days I want justice, and some days I wake up, and I am just all about vengeance. And I have to stop, and I have to evaluate and take that inventory and say, what, what's wrong with you, man? Did you get up on the wrong side of the bed? You know, these things come more naturally to somebody like me, but I haven't forgotten how hard it was because guess what? It's even hard for me sometimes to this day. This is not easy. And it sucks being aware of everything sometimes. You know, the world can be dirty and nasty and horrible. It can also be good and wonderful. Again, the key to surviving it, if we can do such a thing, is to having that awareness of, as to what you can control and what you can't. You've, you, you've moved uh, a long way. Um, I don't know how much you want me to tell about your, your personal history, but, you know, I'm dealing sure. with a guy here that, that used to, um, you know, put on the Wolverine claw and patrol the neighborhood looking for, looking for bad doers, you know, and yeah. um, vigilante justice style, you know. So you yeah. moved quite a bit going from that to an individual who can wake up one morning and say, I want to quit smoking and just never touch cigarettes again. Uh, that That yeah. is a tremendous, uh, you know, that is a tremendous shift of, of, I mean, it's a tremendous growth of personal willpower. And a lot of people look at you now and they say, wow, you know, um, how can I how can I be like uh, um, Master Bane there, just smashing ideas over my knee like they're nothing? Um, when these ideas keep me keep me bound up in my bedroom, you know, thinking about stuff, scared to scared to move. I mean, you can philosophically mm-hmm. get yourself in a state of paralysis where you're scared to act and scared to do nothing, but you're so terrified you just stop doing everything. Um, like yeah. you said, you will be afraid. Um, it's real. Uh, yeah, but that that trip line, that uh, that wire that you have to cross, it's not so tricky. It's it's as wide as a football field. Um, once you understand that you can't mess up, and you can take each moment as it comes and deal with it as it comes. Um, so you know when you're talking about fear, one analogy that I like to uh, compare it to is if you're gonna if you're gonna take a journey of you know, let's say 700 miles in a, in a car, and you think mm-hmm. about all the hazards that you might encounter along the way, whether it be bad drivers, uh, adverse weather conditions, um, wildlife, being in the road, more than likely it's going to be impossible for you to see from where you're sitting a straight line that successfully makes it to your destination. You're going to mm-hmm. say, wow, there's no clear-cut path through there, you know, um, all the all the trees have grown out into the into the road, and I can't really I can't really see a straight line to it, and that's because a straight line doesn't exist. But then again, you're not traveling at the speed of light. You can you can go down that road and manage each problem as it occurs, and you'll get to the end of it just fine. The greatest lie ever told was one that you tell yourself. You of tell course. Yourself. Um, <clears throat> We're, de- we're dealing with two, two actual, there's two challenges here. One is all the baggage that you have in yourself that's holding you back. And two 
the actual mountain that you got to climb, the actual objective, the realness of it, the difficulty in it. So most people never get over the first hurdle. And it's the big monster. It's the hard one. Once, once you can find your way to it and overcome all the problems that you have holding you back from it in your own mind, and you actually strike out with your rope slung over your shoulder and your pickaxe in your hand, you'll find that the actual mountain itself wasn't that hard. That it was it was yeah. doable all along. It was waiting it was waiting for you to climb it. Um, you just had to get your own ducks in a row and do it. It is a lesson in how to give away your power, for sure. What's the what's the fastest and easiest way for me to give away my power? Well, it's to believe the lie that I have no power, no personal power. It's to believe the lie that I've told myself over and over again that I'm stuck and I'm trapped and I'm down this hole and I can never get out. And every time I try to get out, I just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. There's no end in sight. That all started with a lie. That may have started with a lie that somebody else told you. Oh, you're, you're worthless. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. I wish you were never born. This gets into the territory of how we domesticate each other in a lot of ways. We use words against each other. Words are like magic. There's, there's good words and there's bad words, and there is a defense against that. Unfortunately for me and everybody else on earth, we go through a period of being raised by parents and by grandparents or by other people who don't teach us that we have power, that we have to kind of find it on our own, and some of us struggle as I said before, from almost our entire lives. But the truth is, is that those words can only trap us. Those black magic words can only hurt us and harm us um, if we allow them to, if we give them power, if we give them thought, if we give them awareness. Your awareness is better served in other places. What I'll tell you, your awareness is better served on carrying out the task that you've decided to take, to take on. We have always, we've always here at the KOA operated under, under the idea that we, through our betterment, other people benefit, right? It's hard to imagine a night out in the world. It's hard for me to imagine that they would be very successful or very good at lifting up people and serving them and bringing them to a better place themselves if they're not squared away first. So to strengthen ourselves is to strengthen others around us within our sphere of influence. But it all starts with awareness. Awareness that you're lying to yourself. I lied to myself. David lied to himself. You're lying to yourself at times. And to this day, I lie to myself sometimes. We all do. Like I said, this is not, it's not a one-and-done thing. If it were, life would be easy, right? <laughs> we wouldn't need reincarnation. We wouldn't need, uh, wouldn't need to go through all this uh, suffering, as some would call it. That's kind of that's kind of why we all you know hang out together. Um, influence is is a, is a nebulous factor. It's everywhere. Um, it's in the it's in the commercials you watch. It's in the TV shows. It's in the radios. Every word is an attempt to get you to recreate a concept in your mind to understand what someone else is thinking. Now, mm -hmm. it can be artfully placed. It can have an agenda or not. Um, 
but either way, it's influence. And when when you surround yourself in people that are 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 putting you down, making you weaker, you're not going to become empowered. So it's it's better it's better to have people around that are are working on awareness themselves, like yourself, so that they don't unintentionally um, cast the wrong kind of influence your way. Because that creates a, um, I'm not going to say a safe zone, but it creates a place where you can not be so on your guard against every word that is spoken um, like, like, like it is when you are in public. Because the world doesn't have your interests at stake at all. Uh, they want to use you in, in whatever way you want to name it. They want to... <laughs> They just want to chew you up and spit you out, you know. But your friends uh, yeah. and people that are walking the same kind of path that you are, you share that in common so you can kind of take it easy on each other and, and not be uh, such Debbie Downers. Um, like, I would never tell Justin he hits like a girl, you know. That's, uh, that's kind of down-putting girls, you know. My daughter's listening to me say this. What's she going to think about herself, yeah. you know. Right. Um, that kind of stuff. But I, I promise you this. To hit like a girl, you know. Well, yeah. I taught my girls how to, how to hit like girls. And they can hit. There you go. They yeah. can shoot, too. They can shoot better than me sometimes. Once you get to the point where you are aware of the basic underlying things, uh, that, that all things, all things that come from you, whether they're good, bad, indifferent, or whatever, can be changed by you, you start caring less about the, the, the trivial things. I get accused of not, not giving a, you know what, people think, people think, man, this guy just doesn't give a, give a, an F about anything. Well, that's not true. I care about lots of things. I just don't care about the things that are trivial. I don't care about the things. I give them no thought, no energy, not even a second glance. And, but this is years and years of, of building that up. I mean, no one's going to get that way overnight. Although I have met people in my life who seem to be born that way. And uh, lucky them. <laughs> lucky them. But it's not a matter of caring or not caring. It's a matter of being aware of what is worth my energy and what's not. Mm-hmm. We do have to be aware of the things that bring in within our, our, our sphere of influence. We can poison ourselves by hanging out with, with bad influences. But, again, the key is people. to – and you can poison other people. But, again, the key, the key is awareness, is to be aware that, that that's a problem or these people aren't great or whatever. People who want to become millionaires don't get that way by hanging out with people who aren't millionaires. I mean, these are just basic, basic understandings. It's, these are truths. Good people generally hang out with good people. Bad, quote unquote, bad people hang out with bad people. Mm-hmm. Good people become bad people because they hang out with bad people. Bad people become good people because they hang out with good people. I never finished what I was saying earlier. This comes full circle, just like life, right? Everything's in, in circles, in cycles. I started becoming a better person. When I was talking about how bad of a person I was, I started to become a better person, and I'm, I am the person I am today because I decided to 
commune with people who I wanted to be more like. In my case, I ended up meeting a guy named Derek, Derek Thompson, who ran this uh, Jedi Order called the Order of Jedi Order of Ashland Knights. Before I met before I met him, I would call you crazy if you thought that I, if I thought people could make something like you know Star Wars or the Jedi. A, a, a real thing, a, a, a tangible thing, something that can be followed. But again, I asserted myself, I, I put myself with these people, with Derek, and with the people that Derek associated with, and I started becoming a better person. This topic could go on forever, and there's lots of other things we can talk about, like taking inventories and taking out the trash, something we're, we're, we're fond of saying. But it all starts with awareness. You have to be aware of what the problem is. You have to be aware of when the problem is you. You have to know the difference between the things you can control and the things you can't control. And you have to be willing to confront those things within yourself. Take responsibility. Because things that are done are done. Even if you had a time machine and you could go back to time to fix it, you'd never fix it to where you think you would want it. Just take responsibility for it and move on. And if other people, if other people don't want your, your apologies, in my case, a lot of people didn't want my apologies. And they, they said to me, I'll never forgive you. And, but it wasn't, about, it wasn't about them accepting my apology or, or me getting their forgiveness. It was about taking responsibility for what I had done and then letting that burden go, letting, leaving it where it was. And also realizing that you are at any moment um, a culmination of all the all the beliefs that you have adopted and all the beliefs that you have rejected. You had the choice as you went through life. So you created, and, and all of our listeners have done this, you are the person that you have created. It wasn't your mom and dad. You've done this. You're a product of your own you know, self-invention. So if you don't like it, you can change it. You don't have you to leave change it like it. You can change it. It is possible to change whenever you want. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. And until then, awaken the night within.